beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. I am so thankful to have fellow New York City-based influencer and friend Melanie on today. Mel is also often referred to headstands and heels. I personally enjoy following Mel for her colorful feed and her fitness inspiration. Welcome to More Than a Crown. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited that we're getting to finally chat. I know we've talked about this for a little while. I have had the opportunity to meet you. I think, was it literally at 305? Is that where we met? Wait, you know what? I think it's actually at the Pop Sugar Playground Festival like two years ago. Yes. Yes. I was with Sam at the time and you guys were friends because you both did pageants together. And then Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's how our worlds collided. I love it. It's awesome. And it's just been so great to follow you since. I mean, I've watched your account grow so much and all all the way you have stayed the same, like your positivity and your smile. And like I said, your colorful feed, I really admire. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. And I've loved following you as well. Congratulations on recently getting married. Ah, you too, you newlywed. How long has it been for you guys? <laughs> we are coming up on our one-year anniversary, April oh 13th. Yes, I know. I Time flies. It. Yeah, it really oh. does. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. So as an influencer, how is he like your photographer? Is he behind the scenes? Does he support it? What's he think of it all? Oh my goodness. Well, he is extremely supportive and he is a software engineer. So he has definitely done a lot of work behind the scenes, just on my blog, my website. Whenever I have a technical question, he is there to really help me and support in that way. Um, In the beginning times, maybe like the first year or two, he was also definitely the cliche IG boyfriend of, um, (laughs) you know, taking my photos and really like being supportive as far as being my, you know, go-to content creator person. Um, But then, you know, when I switched from my full-time job in PR to doing this full-time as an entrepreneur, I knew I needed to hire a photographer. So now I really don't ask him to take many photos. I mean, maybe once in a while, but it's definitely nowhere near the amount as before. Right. Seriously, what would we do without them? I have no idea. Yeah. So thankful. (laughs) Absolutely. So you said you went from PR to influencing full-time. When did you make that decision and why did you make that shift? I think it's been officially two years now since I left the PR firm. Um, Just to give you a little bit of background, I had been doing digital marketing, specifically in the social media space, for about six years prior. And um, I basically transitioned from a very small boutique social media agency in Florida doing travel and hospitality um, social media marketing to New York, where I was doing beauty marketing. And... um, It was wonderful. I learned so much. Um, But also while I was at this firm, I had started my account Headstands and Heels on the side. It was really just a creative outlet, um, a chance to showcase more of my yoga content and maybe connect with some like-minded women here in New York and make some friends. Um, And I loved it for that. And really, as time went on, I realized how lucrative it could become. 
Um, I was doing influencer marketing um, for the brand that I was working with, which was Pantene. And I was basically getting uh, the view from the brand of what they were looking for as far as influencer partners. And the more I learned about that, the more I realized that I could also apply that to my side hustle. And it eventually got to a point where I kind of had to make a decision with my career. I was either going to continue to climb the ladder in my corporate setting um, and have to give up some of the time that I would have to spend on headstands and heels, or I could take that leap of faith and become a full-time entrepreneur and see where this brand would take me. And um, I haven't looked back since. That makes so much sense. I didn't realize that you had had that opportunity to kind of be on the other side of things. Yeah, That's amazing. Thank you. It was very helpful for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So going from travel and beauty PR, um, how did you end up – I personally, following your page, I would say that you are more of a wellness fitness influencer. Is that how you framed yourself? Yes. So I consider myself a healthy lifestyle blogger. Um, So it started primarily with sharing yoga content specifically. Um, And then from there, it really evolved into sharing other types of fitness that I really love, especially the boutique fitness studios here in New York, since there's a plethora of them. Um, And then also including just basically like clean beauty products, other types of, you know, sustainable clothing, um, really just anything pertaining to living a healthy life that makes you feel super confident and super happy. That's really like the vibe that I try to go for and what I aim for people to feel when they come to my page. Mm, I love it. And I think that you do that so well. Question for you, being in this, you know, wellness space and in social media, do you ever take breaks? Yes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> okay, hard. tell me. I, yeah. So, I mean, I I think it's hard to take a break. You have to be really diligent in scheduling that in for yourself because as somebody who works from home and also in you know a field where it really is like 24-7 online um, – you can get caught in this trap of working all the time around the clock and not giving yourself any distance from social media or your emails. So what I tried to do, um, sometimes I'm really good about sticking to this and some other times not, but I really did try to stick to more normal quote unquote office hours of 9am to 6pm, really checking my emails, responding to brand campaigns, creating content, etc. And then anytime outside of that was just if I really felt like sharing something on stories, that was okay, but that would really be the extent. And then on weekends, I really tried to unplug as much as possible. There have been times where I've posted um, on the weekends lately, but I feel like I felt so much better before when I went, I think I went like two months where I just didn't post on weekends at all. And it felt so good to be able to step away. And I didn't even notice that as one of your avid followers. I didn't even notice that you weren't posting on weekends. That's so interesting. Amazing. Well, that's good. That's a good thing though. And I, I think that's 
what's so interesting about this industry is because we're constantly posting and we're always online, we expect that our fans are looking to our page at all times of the day, just waiting for stuff. And the truth is there's so much content out there. There are so many people that we follow and people very rarely miss if you don't post one day or two days of the week. So I think Amen. that, yeah, so I think it's okay to like give ourselves that break. Absolutely. That's such a good reminder. And I know you are constantly, I love your little at-home yoga workouts and with your, what's your sweet dog's name? So I have two dogs now. Um, so <laughs> yes, recently adopted a new one, but my first dog, her name is Nina. She, yes, Nina. Yes. Love her. She's a little dachshund Jack Russell mix, rescued her seven years ago. And we recently adopted Chip, her little brother. Um, okay. So he's like a little Chihuahua Papillon dachshund something. I have no idea. But Oh my goodness. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. On the addition to the fam. Yes. It feels good. feels good to expand the family. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm used to seeing Nina in all of your yoga pictures and videos at home. And so between working out at home and going to these boutique fitness classes, when do you take a break from workouts or do you? Um, Yes. So I do take breaks from workouts. I do not work out seven times a week. I think that's a bit excessive just for me. I know there are many people where that works for them and that's great if you're one of those people. Um, But I would say I typically only do workouts about four four to five times a week. And that is just something that has really worked for me. Uh, The other days I will stretch, I will do some more restorative yoga practices um, or, you know, just walking, getting my steps in that way. But I don't really consider those to be true workouts. Um, And just as somebody who is 30 years old and, you know, I've I went through my wave of where I was working out all the time and I realized like that just wasn't the best thing for me. So this is what works and I love it. Yes, that's awesome. I'm so glad I asked because from social media, it can look like, you know, you're out there working out all the time (laughs) and someone like me can see that and be like, oh my gosh, I got to do more. I got to do more. But it's so good to know that you just like most other people in the world with, you know, the typical corporate job, it's four to four-ish times a week. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's important not to feel guilty about doing something based on like what you see on social media or what you don't see. It's really just what works for you. And that's always what I preach is just find what works for your body and stick with that. So as someone in the fitness wellness space, um, you're constantly going to these PR events, right? And you're surrounded by lots of women that deem themselves the same title of that influencer. Um, How do you balance having a healthy relationship with these other women and with fitness versus that, that small little line of where you cross over to being obsessive with it all? That's such a good question. And I think that as humans, it's so easy to fall into this trap of comparison, no matter what industry you're in. But especially I see it so much within the health, wellness, fitness industry, because it's so image heavy. And I think that for me, I've always, whenever I find myself maybe 
crossing over into that mental territory where I feel like, oh, I'm not keeping up with so-and-so, or maybe I don't look like that. Or if I continue to work out, maybe this will happen. I really have to pull myself back, remind myself about this is more about how Um, It makes me feel, and I should always focus on making sure that whatever content I put out or even just the way I approach fitness is not based on aesthetics because that is not what I think at the end of the day we should be striving for. I really believe in living a healthy lifestyle for longevity purposes to make sure that Mm -hmm. you can longer and healthier and have less risks of chronic diseases and stuff in the future. So it's so easy, like I said, to perhaps like go into that mental territory um, of comparison. But like I said, too, it's really just about being mindful about how you approach things and seeing what triggers you. I've had to unfollow certain people who maybe if I looked at their content, I was thinking unhealthy thoughts. Um And I also have definitely prayed a lot about just making sure that I can stay on the right course with this and that I'm never doing something for the wrong intentions. Preach. I love that. I think that so many times, I mean, during my year as Miss USA, I'd go speak to um, sororities across the country about you know, how prevalent eating disorders can be. But not only that, this comparison game. And at the end of every single one, I would have that call to action of after this, please go to your dorm or go wherever you are and go through and unfollow people that put you in that headspace. And it's like this light bulb, especially right now, I'm sure the listeners, whether they're listening at the gym or on their commute, they're kind of like, oh, what a novel idea. But when I was speaking in person to these sororities, I could literally see girls' eyes light up almost mm-hmm. like a, oh, huh, <laughs> what a thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because yeah. it's like a, a big duh, you know, yes. but um, it can yeah, be it, true. It seems like a simple thing and something that we should all just automatically know, but somehow social media has this grasp on us at times where we feel obligated to follow people for whatever reason. And we always have to step back and remind ourselves that we hold that power of what we consume and what we put in our heads. So yeah, at the end of the day, sometimes it's as easy as clicking that unfollow button and feeling a million times better for it. Amen. And I know personally, um, if you have actual actual friends like in life that um, it might be uncomfortable to actually unfollow and have them, you know, maybe be offended or whatever the case may be. I've muted people as well so that yes. you don't see their stuff. Oh, thank goodness for that feature. That was such a wonderful add-on by Instagram. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. So is this whole blogging, influencing space, everything you dreamt it would be? <laughs> um, I would say that I went into it with a very realistic point of view. Um, it wasn't something that I thought this was all going to be rainbows and unicorns and it wasn't going to be difficult or have days where I questioned myself. So I'm thankful for that because it really has set me up to approach this with a much more realist point of view. I think it's wonderful to have a job that allows me to have the flexibility um, in hours, but also to be able to choose the type of brands that I partner with, the 
type of people that I associate with, etc. So it gives me so much room to really guide my own life in that way. And I, and I absolutely love it for that. So yes, in, in those terms, I would say it's everything I wanted it to be. Um, and then of course, there are other parts where I personally am an extroverted person. I am also a big team player. So mm-hmm. I went through a period where when after I quit my job in PR, where I was very lonely working from home. And it took a little while to get past that, to figure out ways to kind of fill that gap and that hole of not having colleagues and not having a true boss um, or people to turn to. And I realized that I could find that within other influencers in this space who I've become dear friends with. So I've been able to fill that void. Um, But in those ways, I would say like, you know, I wasn't expecting just how lonely it could be. Yeah, that's such a good point and something that I think nobody really talks about. So I thank you for bringing that up. I mean, it can be lonely, especially when, you know, you're based in New York City and it's it's so easy to just stay in your small, you know, whatever 700 square foot apartment and do all of this from home and, you know, maybe not even leave for a day. So it's it's important to make those routines and um on the harder days when you're feeling lonely, I feel like that's the hardest time to force yourself to leave and interact with others, actually. Yeah, it can be. It, it can be all too easy to just hole up in here and say, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I have all this stuff to do. You can, It can get mm-hmm. overwhelming. I mean, that's the thing about this career path. It, it really does have parallels to almost every other type of office job where there are times where deadlines stack up and it becomes overwhelming. And that's why I was saying it's not all rainbows and unicorns, but, and you have your, you have your stress points, but um, at the end of the day too, there is that wiggle room and flexibility of being able to push back and kind of reorganize things that you might not have otherwise. So I'm really, really grateful for that. And um, it's, it's really been like such a cool adventure, I have to say. Absolutely. So I know at the beginning you mentioned that Bay, and for you listeners, that's her sweet husband's name. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> I remember you posted stories one time and you were like, I, y'all keep DMing me and telling me to stop calling him Bay, but that's his actual name. Yes. Oh my gosh. I still get that. And I've kind of transitioned to just saying my husband so much more instead of saying Bay or I'll tag him because his name is his real name is Baird, B-A-Y-R-D, but oh. everyone just calls him Bay. Even his parents call him Bay. So I have always just done that. And then, of course, B-A-E, Bay, became a popular trend. <laughs> so oh, my my little brother refuses to call him that. Oh, that's so cute. What does yeah. he call him? He calls him Baird. He, like, okay. he refuses. Yes, his full name. He will not call him Bay because I think he calls his girlfriend Bay, which is weird. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, so now that the listeners are aware, at the beginning you said that Bay kind of helped you on the blogging side of things, you know, coding, all of that technological goodness and good thing for him. But my question is, do you think blogs are necessary? Um, I actually do. I've, I'm a very big proponent of having a blog or a website if you have the means to, um, if you're in this industry, for multiple reasons. So there are definitely still branded partnerships that I've received that were solely blog focused. Actually, last year I had one with Chase, 
um, like the credit card in the bank. And that was a six month long partnership where I solely wrote on my blog. I didn't even have to cross promote it to Instagram. And that was for SEO. And a lot of companies are looking for that still. Um, so I would say it's very useful in terms of brand partnerships, but also we have to always keep in mind that social media platforms like Instagram, like YouTube, like TikTok are borrowed platforms. We do not own them. They are not something that we really have the rights to, which is very sad and scary if you think about it because we post so much to them. But at the end of the day, having your own website, having your own blog, your you know, even like a newsletter subscription that is so ownable to you because you can buy that domain. And if something does happen with social media platforms, whether they switch over or become irrelevant, you'll always have something to fall back on. That is so, so true. And I mean, you really don't think about the fact that, I mean, at any time your account could just be gone because of Instagram, because they own it. Exactly. It's kind of scary. So this is is your opportunity. Pitch pitch, um, to our listeners and me, why should we go to your blog? What do you you write about most? Okay. So I feel a little silly about saying all of that because I used to be so diligent about posting to my blog so frequently. So I will say (laughs) right now that I am, I am definitely, um, been a little bit more relaxed about posting, but if you do go to my blog, you're going to find some more content focused around yoga tutorials and tips. So you can like look through that. I also share some more recipes like healthy juices. And I also share a lot more, I would say like Not that I'm sharing deeper content because I try to make sure that I share as much of my heart as I can on Instagram. But if you want to know more about my journey, about how yoga has impacted me, um, things like that, I really have several blog posts that go into things in much more detail. So I would say it's more more about like storytelling and being able to read a little bit more about my perspective on why I use clean beauty products, which ones I use, um, what entrepreneur t- a life is really like and budgeting tips that go with it. I mean, I cover such a wide range of healthy lifestyle and wellness content, but it really is more, um, I mean, in true blog fashion, it's more just me telling you a story about how it, how it's impacted my life and how it could impact yours. That's so good. I love it. Uh, So with that, with how you said, you know, TikTok and Instagram and all of this is just borrowed. And what do you think your your blogging career looks like five, ten years from now? Like with your family and you and your husband, what do you think that looks like? For me, I'm I'm literally smiling and kind of giggling as I ask you this question because I have no idea my own answer to that question. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm glad that you said that because I really have no idea. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, if we think about it, though, like 10 years ago, doing something like this even was unimaginable. It wasn't a thing. This was not a job for people. So I think it's something that I always have to remind myself because I am definitely a girl who likes to have a plan. I am type A in that way. And if I was going into a job interview right now and you asked me this, I feel so silly that I don't have an answer. But really, that's the honest truth. I mean, I would love and hope that I can just continue to spread these types of 
um, health and wellness messages in some way, whether that be on Instagram or whether that be on a new platform. I think that social media um, marketing is here to stay. I think connecting with people via, um, you know, images via videos that that I don't foresee going away in five, 10 years, the platforms it's themselves may shift. So I'm hoping that I'll just be able to adapt with that. And as far as my personal life, because my personal life is my brand, that is something that, you know, my husband and I have definitely discussed of how much I want to share and what I want to keep the focus on. I think eventually when we have a family, I might shift my content more to be a little bit more community driven versus just my focused on my life. Like maybe I'll have people writing in, maybe I'll have, I'll be featuring other people, almost like the tone it up community in a way. Oh yeah. Not saying that it would ever be at that level, but maybe going more in the direction of having it be a crowdsource platform. That's definitely what I've thought of. But like I said, I have no idea. I'm taking it day by day. <laughs> same girl, same. But also that being said, I love the crowdsource idea for you. And you said you your instinct was to say, you know, not that it will ever be at that level. Hey, don't sell yourself <laughs> short. <laughs> you well, never know. <laughs> Look at all you've done. I mean, you have grown your platform so much, even just in the last year. With your your following wise, right? Have you grown 10K in the last year? I wouldn't say almost 10K, yes. I would say I think it's about averaging around seven, eight K growth a year, which is really nice. I know it's not huge by any means, but the other thing too, that I really try to focus on and stay grounded in, especially with this industry that is so data and number focused is that I really want to make sure that I am attracting the right people. For me, it's not about having millions of followers. I really would just love to connect with the right kind of people who you know, maybe just are needing a little bit of uh, encouragement to try something new, to try yoga, to, to go do that workout, to go try a more plant-based style diet. Like that's really important to me. So I, I love that I'm growing. I think it's wonderful and it has definitely helped, you know, business wise, but that's not always the thing that I try to focus on. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Thank you for that. So with this podcast being called More Than a Crown, it's called More Than a Crown because at the end of my year as Miss USA, like you said, it's not all about the numbers. For me, it it wasn't about just that title and that crown, right? It's a one-year opportunity. It's an amazing opportunity, but it comes and it goes because it's just for one year and then you crown the next girl. So after that, I had to kind of sit back and say, all right, what's what's next for me? And I wanted to continue utilizing the platform that I had built to share stories of other people who inspire me, like yourself. And so that's what More Than a Crown came to be because of. I am more than that one year. And at the end of every episode, I get to ask you, my interviewee, what at the end of the day, right now in your life, are you reminding yourself that you were more than? whether it be a success or a negative, you can take it however you want. I would say at this very moment, I would say that I am more than my productivity. Mm. And that is more in regards to the fact that this society and especially working in an industry that is so constantly on, 
I feel so much pressure all the time to be working, to be putting out content, to be producing something bigger and better. And I think right now I need to ground myself in that I am more than that. My productivity does not determine my worth. And I think that it is something that is going to take, I mean, my productivity is important, but it's not something that ultimately defines me. Mm, that is so good. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Mel, for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And I know my listeners are going to be so inspired uh, by you to go follow you and check out your blog. That being said, remember, listeners, you are more than your failures and your greatest successes. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes Podcasts or follow on Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Catch you next time.